a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Utah's sports leader. This is KZNS AM Salt Lake City. KZNS FM Colvin 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you very much for making us a part of your, uh, what day is it, Ben? Thursday? I have no idea. I don't either. I went to bed. It was today. I woke up. It was still today. I don't remember when last night ended, but I'm here. And, You're here, and we're happy to be here. And you had your kids this morning? Oh, yeah. I got up, got them to school. My daughter didn't come sleep in my bed, which she usually does, so I had a little bit of freedom to look at you. lay out. Starfish it last night? What are they called? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming up in. Oh, it's perfect. I did tell Megan I bought a bad bag of coffee last night, so I got to go dump that after work and find something new. A you ever do that? bad bag of coffee? So no. I told you I'm in my new plunger system. Yeah. And I have, I've been using the Keurig, so like the cups, I've been having, I found the brand I liked and I just stuck with it for five years or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and now I'm back to my plunger system and I'm having to go buy beans again at the store and I haven't bought beans in a really long time and I... Don't know what flavor profile necessarily I'm looking for. So I bought a bad bag of beans. I don't like the flavor. It's too acidic. There's too much. It's like too flowery. And there's nothing worse. So I brewed my coffee. I had my cereal. I didn't take a sip of my coffee apparently for like 15 minutes. And then I had my first sip. And I thought, what did I just make? Because this is awful. So I have a huge, terrible coffee. But I got no other choice. I'm going to drink it. Uh, but after work, I'm going to go just just it. taking a sip of mine here. You know the the mm, nice that's fresh. The, the nice day we you know what we were just uh, having a conversation with PK off the air about consistency, and I'll tell you one of the the best qualities about Folgers, Ben. It's funny you go with Folgers. I mean, that's not a knock on you at all. Like it's like you know Folgers has been around forever. Like Folgers is the number one coffee company on earth for a reason. It delivers what it delivers right. very consistently. And it's toppled regimes and it's a big evil monster of a company probably. But you know what? You know what? 
they deliver Jake a good cup of coffee. Uh, consistent. I wouldn't even call it good. Don't care. You know what it is? Coffee. You know what it is? Consistent. You know where they sell it? Costco. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to go find a bean, though. And I did. I had this thing. I had this guilty thing that I'm so sure a lot of guys. So you silly grinding and all that stuff? No, I bought it ground. I bought it ground. All that? I okay. do have a grinder. So if I want to do that, I can, but I did buy this ground, which yeah, might have been the problem. Got Maybe a grinder go. sitting in the cupboard collecting dust because I'm not going to fire up a power tool first thing in the morning. But I did have this feeling of, oh, man, I don't like this coffee. I'm going to throw it out. It just so happened the bag was like three ninety nine yesterday. I told Megan I was in a hurry, and I just grabbed a bag, and it happened to be a $3.99 one, and I'm going to feel guilty throwing away all these beans, even though I hate the flavor of it, but I would so willingly throw away a bad cup of coffee that I purchased for $5 if it tasted bad, it's which all- is more, but I feel bad that I'm throwing away these beans that are actually less than what a stupid cup of coffee at a coffee shop would Of buy. course, you know, the day after a late game, you and I are talking about coffee, but <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this. Uh, we'll get to the game. Hey, just bring it to this guy, man. Don't throw anything away. I'll drink whatever. Just bring it in. You want me to bring it in? Don't care. I'll yeah, bring you a bring big, it in. I'll bring you a jar of coffee. If or you're a gonna bag throw it away, just I'm bring going it to in. toss it. Just bring it in. Okay. I will bring you a bag of coffee that yeah, you yeah. can have. And if you like it, I'm happy for your family. And you know what? If we don't, we'll just cut it with Folgers until it's gone. Great. We're not a wasteful family. Uh, I appreciate family, that. But it's Scott $4 family. of beans. And I think of places where I get cheap and where I've tried to save money in my life and places where I don't think twice about it. And it's like, I won't think twice about the difference between something that costs 180 and $200. But I think a thousand times over the difference between something that costs $4 and $6 because my brain is wired wrong. And I don't know why it's wired that way, but it's wired wrong. That's I don't life. either, buddy. Yeah, that's life. That's life. <laughs> Just throwing around two hundred bucks like it's willy nilly. No, like, hey, no, make it rain. No. No? I just, I probably more regularly spend $4 and $6 than I do buying a $200 dresser. I told you I see. we were uh, redoing our closets. Yeah. You redid your closets and you, uh-huh. you peer pressured me into fixing my I did. closets. That's true. So, but I didn't customize it. I just went and bought a dresser that fit in there. And I had picked one out that was like $180 at the Swedish store. And I was like, okay, this is good. I'm going to build it. It's going to ruin my weekend, but I'm going to build it anyways. And I went to the place where you have to go to get the actual boxes. And sure enough, the actual one I'd picked out was not there. They was out of stock. So there was one sitting right next to it. It was a similar size. It was $20 more. I said, fine, throw it in the box. Throw it in the, the bin and I'll go buy it. And I did, and it was fine, but that's the $20 I won't flinch at. But the $4 to the $6 coffee, I get this like internal dread about spending the extra $2 on it at the grocery store, which is it's a huge difference, obviously. It's- oh, can I tell you the, can I tell you the, my one and only experience with the Swedish furniture store that yep. you're, you're talking uh-huh. about? My wife uh, did a year of law school in San Diego, and uh, we moved her down, down there, and she did the – she was moving into an apartment. Uh-huh. She did the whole, I'm taking nothing. I'll just buy it all when I get there. Correct. Right, that, that whole form of moving. And so we get there, and we go to that store. And hey, I'm not I'm not here to hate on anybody, but I, this sure. is just my experience. We went there to this store, and it is totally designed opposite of what my shopping I want my shopping experience to yeah. be. Like I want to get in, no. get it, and get out. No, it's amazing. And their whole thing, yeah, they're yeah. going to walk you through the entire store. They're they're very upfront about it. I did not know this concept yep. when I got to this store, and I was like, wait a minute, here we got to walk through this entire thing. 
And so we did, and we had a bunch of stuff, and we write down numbers. I mean, it took so long. And then we get to the end of it, Ben. I was like, okay, where do we go to uh, pick this stuff up? And she's like, well, we got to go back to the warehouse and fish it out of there. I was like, you have got to, what? Yeah. yeah. What? It's an experience. What? It's unique if you've never done it before, and, which everyone's done it, but it's unique. And then we got the pleasure of going home to set it up ourselves, too, which is always a great time. Uh, and I vowed at that point, I was like, you know what? Uh, it's not going to be my thing. This is not going to be me. Certain point in uh, your life, you can move past that. That as was well. my one and yeah. only experience with that particular store. Yeah, and it, the store's fine, but it takes a certain approach. Again, I'm not judging. It takes. I'm a not running approach. anybody down. Yeah. They they do lovely work. I'm sure. It's just not my. I just can't do it's it. Not how your mind. It's is. just not how I work. Don't no. blame you. Should we talk about some jazz basketball? No, Sorry, I derailed us talking coffee. Now we're talking about stores and I furniture. thought last night was fascinating. Okay, it was. Let's tease this. We're going to play Quinn Snyder at 1030 in his post game. Megan, do you need me to send you that sound or you got it? You we got, got it. You're the boss. So we're, we're going to do that at 1030. And we're going to kind of spend the rest of this segment telling you why we're going to play that sound. Yeah. So where, where would you like to start, Ben? I will start with this. I'm stunned... That the post game, which I would say was very demure, it was very the Jazz were Oof. down. <laughs> the Jazz were so down after that game. Quinn was down. Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson were down. Hassan Whiteside was extremely down. Brutal. Extremely down. I was shocked that after that game last night, playing the best team in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns, without your two best players. Like, at the end of this brutal streak, maybe Friday signals the end of this brutal streak. Tomorrow night, when you play Memphis, who's a top three team on the road, maybe that signals the end of this brutal streak. I was surprised it took that loss last night for this team to match the feeling I had last Monday after they lost to the Lakers. Right. Where we came in on Tuesday and had this big conversation about how the team's not serious. I told you they need to make a trade. They've got to do all these improvements. It felt like it took them... Nine more days to reach Ben's stage last right week. Right there. Which is nice because it gets easier. It was a dark place. By last though. week. But it felt like last night they reached their true low point where I think I felt my lowest about this basketball team. Like my perspective of what they could be was last week because they had Donovan Mitchell and because they had Rudy Gobert. It felt like last night the losing finally caught up to them. Regardless of the context around the month of January, which is basically they've been injury riddled or saddled with coronavirus for the last three weeks, the lack of W's, which is kind of the immediate endorphin rush you get as a player, as a fan, finally caught up to the team. That was my feeling walking out of the arena last night at 1230. I, I think it was a particularly crushing loss because of the way that they lost it. And I, I think you'll hear this from Quinn Snyder because he, he, it's interesting. He snaps back. He was asked a question about Hassan Whiteside's foul, Very first which question. Was, was ridiculous. And he kind of snapped back at it, and he said, but the first quarter, we got smoked in the first quarter. He went right to that and then actually circled back around and answered the yes. the Hassan Whiteside part. And again, we'll, we'll play that for you coming up. But the way that they had fought back, that second quarter was Incredible! Yeah, they held Phoenix to eleven points. They were they were shorthanded without their two best players. Uh, you know, again, you'll hear this coming up. But Quinn Snyder was uh, talking about how Mike Conley poured his guts out onto yep. the floor. I mean, he was playing his heart out. He was he was waving on the crowd, which uh, which Mike Conley in particular never does. I mean, they wanted it. 
badly. And then to lose the way that they did has got to be frustrating, right? And everybody's going to be upset at Hassan Whiteside for for good reason, although he's going through some stuff, too. So we could all approach things with a little bit more empathy. Yep. You know what I mean? But the way that that happened had had to really sting. You know what I mean? It had to really hurt, and people had to be grumpy about it. Because it was right there. It's the best team in the league. You're shorthanded, and you had it. And you blew it. My take last week was after Rudy Gobert, remember, had said, our perimeter defense is bad. Look at Devin Booker. He plays now. We don't play that way. And then they came out against Houston and didn't play a lick of defense again. And I thought, like, you can't tell me on Saturday you're going to fix the problem. And you're not no more my bads. There's no more time for it. And then Wednesday is all my bads. That's all it was. It did feel a lot like last night, what the team said, and again, we're going to let you hear Quinn Snyder talk about this exact stuff coming up in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He said, we went over the game plan, how close you have to be to Devin Booker. You can't let him get to the mid-range. You don't let him pull up for mid-range shots. Like There is a very specific game plan on how to guard Devin Booker. And for whatever reason, once the ball was tipped, the first 12 minutes of that game, when he went off for 21 first quarter points, he was brilliant last night. Whoever's job it was, probably Jordan Clarkson, probably Royce O'Neal, went right out the window. It just went right. They totally ignored that they had talked about this, walked through it, practiced it. It was played it on Monday. Right. Gone. Gone. Zero carryover from practice to the first quarter. And then it snapped in in the second quarter and they played much better. You know, I mean, Devin Booker still had 22 points over the final three quarters, but he had 21 in the first quarter. Like, he absolutely lit up the Jazz. And and clearly, that finally reached a boiling point last night where Rudy Gay was exchanging words with Quinn Snyder at one point walking off the floor, like, kind of yelling over players and coaches at each other. Quinn probably took, I mean, the longest I can remember in recent memory to come out after the game Mm because he was talking to his team before coming out. Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson did their post-game conference together. Now, they, they do that sometimes because they've moved the rooms recently to try and get everyone in with, with COVID going on, but they did it. Uh, Hassan Whiteside was shook. I mean, he was absolutely shaken after the game. I asked him about the technical foul late, and he said, like, I've had a fever of 104 degrees. I've been in a basement for 10 days. I'm not in shape. I'm trying to get back with the team. My son has COVID right now. He ended his press conference on that. It was like, uh, very understandably, Jake, I think you and I would feel the same way. Everyone who has parents or has ever looked after anyone uh, or is a parent or has kids or has ever looked after anyone understands like it's vulnerable when the people you're supposed to take care of you can't do it the right way the way you want to and that clearly affected him last night so it was just it was a to me it was a shocking post game compared to what I expected absolutely shocking is is a pretty good word uh, for it. Although Hassan did have the line of the post game, I thought, well, that's arguable. We could because Quinn Snyder had a good line too. Just because Donovan and Rudy aren't playing doesn't mean you can't run back right. on defense unless they come <laughs> back and don't was, run back. Which was a really terrific line from yep. him, even though he was obviously frustrated. But Hassan would talking about the foul itself, and listen. Hassan blasted that guy so hard that it knocked Bogdanovich off his feet, who was standing behind him. Yes. Like, yes. it was, it was, it was something. And Hassan said, he just got in front of me and fell down. He did. 
was Jalen Smith. <laughs> and then called it a BS call. Yes, thank you, Jalen Smith. He said, Smith I stand by it. And his good-looking glasses. And and absolutely, he's like, I stand by it. That was a BS call. <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> Calling a technical foul in a two-possession game with a minute left is bizarre. Yeah. But clearly, the emotions were boiling over even on the floor, which is why Hassan did that. Right. Hassan shoved this guy because he was mad about something, which was kind of what I asked him about. I said, like, what led to that? Like, there is fouls. There's hard fouls. You know, they were frustrated with Bismack Biombo all night because he was setting screens where he would bend over, essentially, to stick his butt out. So you had to go all the way around him. Like, it's a good screen. It's what Rudy Gobert does. But the Jazz were frustrated by that. Quinn Snyder was yelling at Eric Lewis, the official, at one point because he wanted Eric Lewis to come over and explain a foul call to him. And Quinn would go over across half court, which you're not supposed to do as a coach, to try and talk to him. And Eric Lewis would say, go get on your side of the floor and then wouldn't go tell him what happened. So basically, he put Quinn Snyder in timeout yeah. and said, I'm not going to talk to you. Quinn was furious about that. Mike Conley was furious about it. Jordan Clarkson was mad at different points. The emotions had boiled over. I wonder if it was because the game was on ESPN. It was nationally televised. I think that could have been part of it, but they it, need a win. They want to win. They need a win. You, you said Bloody, they need a win. You said. I mean, going back to you talking about how they're feeling, how you feel felt last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about. I think going into the the Denver game. No, maybe, maybe Detroit. The Houston game. But you talked about them playing with desperation. They need to be a desperate yes. team. They're in, they're in desperate uh, circumstances. You were probably right about it then, and you're certainly right about it now. And I so I think they're a bit of a. There's a bit of that. They're desperate for a win. They need it. And I think the hard part was they were desperate last night and they couldn't fix it. They almost won. Then they did. But it's hard to be desperate. Feel like you played your heart out at least for three quarters and then still not get the payoff. And that is sometimes just the timing of you're playing the best team in the NBA right now. Like Phoenix is playing better than anybody. That's pretty clear they're playing better than anybody. You, you're shorthanded and you played a team that is way better than you right now. Like th- you don't get a win just because you play hard. You gotta right. be. You have to have the talent, and you have to play hard. Well, you certainly have to be smarter than committing a foul like that in sure. that circumstance where Mike Conley was fouled. He could have tied the game with foul shots. Right. I mean, exactly. In that circumstance, time and score, right? Or, or I mean, in Joe Ingles' case a couple of weeks ago, know your roster. Yes, You've got nine guys who right. can play. So you can't get thrown out at the beginning of the game. You know, you're Hassan Whiteside. You're Correct. you're aggravated, but you got to look at the scoreboard and go time a score. I can go I can go, you know, blow off some steam after the game in the locker room in whatever way shape or form, but right now I got to hold it together because the team's about to tie the darn game that we fought for a long time to get back into. Down 10 going into the fourth quarter. But I do think that's what's frustrating is when you have games like this where you really can't control the outcome of this game. Like, you, you fought really hard. You erased a 21-point deficit. You, got, you gave yourself a puncher's chance to win that game. Like, yes, Hassan Whiteside shouldn't have committed four fouls in the four, fourth quarter. Yes, you can't get a technical foul there, etc. Like, I don't think the reason the Jazz lost that game was because, of as Quinn Snyder's going to say in five minutes here, because of how they played the last three quarters of the game. They lost it because they were down 21 and you're just fighting too long uphill. But when you lose control over the outcomes of certain games, it goes back and it hurts doubly worse that you've now lost 9 of 11 when your record shouldn't be this bad because you lost a game to Detroit when you were up 22 and absolutely could have controlled the outcome of that game. That's when these come back to bite you. When you were up 10 
on the Lakers in the second half and you blew a lead there and lost by two in a game you shouldn't have lost. When you lost to the Houston Rockets, who are an awful basketball team, last week at home, and yes, you were shorthanded, but you had Rudy Gobert. You just didn't have Donovan Mitchell. You should have won that game. Last night is not what the Jazz, I don't think, are most angry about. It is the culmination and of the accumulation of losses over the last three weeks in games they could have controlled, where even last night, yes, you always control the outcome of the game somewhat, but Phoenix is better than the Jazz right now. That's not a crazy thing to say. It's understandable why they lost that game. It's understandable why they lost at Golden State. It's understandable why they lost at Phoenix. But it really makes those other losses earlier in the streak, Houston, L.A., Detroit, you could even say Indiana, it makes them hurt so much worse. All right, we'll get Coach Snyder's uh, post-game comments coming up on the other side. And if you haven't heard these, stay tuned, because it, it was certainly unique uh, in, in the tone and, and what he said, and maybe, a, 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 a well, it is, a good glimpse into what's going on right now with this Jazz team. Real quick, uh, Ben, though, have you seen the, the picture that Justin Bean just tweeted I out did. like 15 minutes ago? I did. From Utah good, State basketball. Good heavens. And, and hey, big ups to the Aggies for smashing, SDSU. smashing the Aztecs yep. last night. Uh, but, wow. Got a shiner. He did. And it's swollen up to the size of, uh, I don't know, what would you say there, Ben? Like half a golf ball, like a like a like half a, a golf ball, like a yeah. thick cut of lemon. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Looks like a good lemon wedge. I I don't think he could see out of that eye. And then Scotty compared him to Bob Bob Costas, which is just hilarious. It's a low blow. <laughs> the Olympics are coming up. Can you imagine your your Bob at the time in his career, where literally the only thing you're doing is working once every two don't years? Don't get pink eye right Olympics. now. <laughs> Don't get the coverage. The last thing, the last ailment you could ever want in that circumstance is the pink eye. And there's Bob. And did you watch it? Were you watching it? Because I I couldn't help but rub my eyes. And the pink eye had gone from one eye to the other. It was just like, oh, my eyes are itching just watching this. Somebody get Bob off television, please. If you haven't seen uh, the Justin Bean photo, or, I mean, you can find the uh, Bob Costas photo just by Googling it, but if you haven't seen the Justin Bean photo, it's pretty shocking. Uh, find Scotty on Twitter at Scotty. And, uh, I did not see it. I was doing the Jazz game last night, but apparently he said it was friendly friendly fire yep. going for a rebound. Yep. So, But, uh, yeah, that, that looks like it hurts. Put some ice on that, Justin. But good win for the Aggies. That's awesome. Stay tuned. We'll let you hear uh, Coach Snyder's post-game comments coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell. Jazz at 30 update. Jazz dropped another tough one to the Suns last night. Here is Jordan Clarkson talking about having a positive outlook even during a tough stretch. You know, our team is, is really good. We're really talented. We just got to lock in and um, continue to get our guys back. We know what we have here. And, you know, we all out there going to compete and trying to win something. We lost these games. None of us really got our head down right now. I mean, it sucks. We frustrated. That's part of the game. But I think we still got one goal and one thing on our mind. And that's what it is. And we're going to win these games and keep competing and keep growing as a team. This Jazz Update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! Your home for the best sports coverage.
Anchorage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jacob in 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you that Valentine's Day is coming very soon. Uh, and the good folks at Jimmy's are there for you. Uh, their staff can create something uh, for you and get uh, one of their ready or get one of their ready to go arrangements for any budget. Jimmy's Flowers with stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden, or online Jimmy'sFlowers.com. Get your order in early. That's Jimmy'sFlowers.com. All right, Ben. Let's get to uh, let's jump right into this uh, this post game sound because I I want to break it down with you afterwards because it it was. It was pretty interesting. Uh, Coach Snyder is usually pretty even keeled. Sometimes he'll be a little more grumpy than others, but yeah. for the most part, he's, he's he's fairly consistent. Just to set up the circumstance, Coach came out fifteen minutes yeah, later. He's usually than he pretty usually prompt. Does. He's yeah. usually pretty quick to get out there. And you're right; his, his highs aren't that high, his lows aren't that low. He's consistent yep. in that way. He's, he's also fairly transparent. It's really fascinating to listen to him on a game-by-game basis, but it's usually pretty even. Yeah, but last night he got particularly candid, I thought, Yes, which is usually a sign of exhaustion. You know, if you're tired of saying the same thing to us, to your players over and over and seeing the same results. So let's, let's go ahead and give that a listen. We're going to do it in its entirety because it's really all good, but go ahead there, Megan. What I saw was... Um, Booker had 21 first half or first quarter points um, where we didn't run back with um, the level of commitment and intensity that it takes to win the game. We fouled and gave up six points. We gave up three on an offensive rebound, and we were down 20. Um, to me, you know, our ability to focus – and prioritize those collective things that ultimately win and lose games. We can talk about a play, how we executed something, how they executed something. We can talk about what a good player Devin Booker is, that Chris Paul is a clutch player. We could also talk about the fact that we were down 20 and just battled back. Mike Conley spilled his guts on the court. Like anybody that watched that game, if you watched every possession, the way he was getting bumped and held, knocked down, got back up, fought, competed. But we gave up, you know, we gave a 20-point lead up in the first quarter because we weren't focused on the things that we need to be focused on to win. And we, and then we do. So... um this is a group that, and, and we have to find that. And then we can talk about what's the question? Hassan's foul. You know, there was a lot of fouls. You know, Hassan's got to keep, you know, he's got to keep self control. And it's unfortunate. But we also had other situations throughout the course of the game. That's something that, you know, us talking to the officials and pleading our case. We didn't do that when we were coming back. You know, we played through contact. We adjusted to the way the game was going to be calling. And, you know, anytime, you know, there, there's mental errors in the game and guys have to keep their cool. I don't know what else to say about it. I have to watch the play, Tony. 
then we keep the boss time a ladder or whatever it's going to go one or two directions they can't keep going down that's, that's not even yeah I mean that's like, we're not going we're going one direction you know and it's not down like I could be angry and we can be disappointed and, but you know we we talked about it all you know we can have it either way whatever we want to focus on the best record in the league lost in the playoffs you know Seventh seed in the playoffs, winning the playoffs. You know, I'll say it again. I want us to be the best version of ourselves at the end of the year. And who knows what's going to happen? We're playing without Rudy Adonis right now. You know, like that doesn't mean we can't run back. You know, unless Rudy Donovan come back and don't run back. You know, so I'm not. You know, I'm not. This isn't about winning and losing. This is about. You know, committing to the things consistently that allow you to win. And I guess in that case, it is winning and losing. And you'll win, you know, we had a chance to win tonight's game, you know, even down 20. So, you know, they're obviously, you know, Booker had a really good night. And, you know, we, we had, you know, we, we, we weren't up enough in certain situations where he was able to get clean looks that weren't contested in the mid-range. You know, that's it's a game plan issue, but it's an execution issue. And we've got to clean that up, you know, but I have confidence that we can do those things. But it's the same level of commitment and focus. And it's not, you know, we're not, this isn't, like chicken little, the sky is falling. Like, I, I don't, you know, you go through, check our record when Rudy and Mike are playing, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think anybody can look at, and I don't even know what it is. You know, I don't know. I know what month it is. I know we're playing Memphis and then Minnesota and that's about it. And that's really all I care about what we do next game. And I care that we compete because that's how we get better. And we didn't compete the first portion of the game. And then we competed like crazy. I mentioned Mike, you know, we had guys that dug in. So, um, and both can be true at any given time. You just can't, you're going to have, it's a game of mistakes. There's going to be breakdowns, but it's what you do with them and how you respond to them. And we can't, you know, we can't have stretches that, you know, that, that bury us like that early. And, you know, you're just not going to, you may come back and steal one, but, you know, that's that's not going to be. And that, that's not, you know, to the extent that's something that um, we fought. I think we've made progress there, you know, I think. But we, we need to make more. Well, you know, I hate to, you know, Rudy's pretty good yeah. and Donovan's pretty good. So, you know, I, I don't know what we shot. I, I thought there were times, Andy, when we didn't take like didn't take shots that we need to shoot and the ball stops and against the team that's as physical as they are, that takes your space. Once you do that, unless you make a quick decision to pass it or drive it, you know, possession is going to die. You're going to be stuck on one side of the floor. Um, and, 
you know, we know that there's, the, 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 you know, it's not golf. Someone's not like knocking your ball out of the hole. You know, you've got to, you've got to react to what they're doing and they're trying to not let you do something and we're trying to do it. And if we don't, you know, get those quick decisions against the team that has that type of length, you know, Mikhail Bridges, I don't know if like, I don't know if you, you guys will vote. Is he first team all defense? Probably. But, you know, so you got to shoot. And that's something, you know, that we know as well. It's not It's not always that easy. I could sit here and say it, but you got a 6'8 guy closing out on you like that. It's a, You know, it's imperfect. But, um, you know, I think when the ball stops because of some level of indecision, you know, that really hurts us would be, would be the answer when we were able to get out and push and play pick and roll and get the space we need, you know, Mike got in the lane a lot, got knocked down a lot too. Hmm. We keep working. You know, I'm not thinking of it. We'll think about the guys that are out there. And when those guys are back, you know, not that you're not thinking about them, but it doesn't it doesn't do us any good to lament that and say, okay, well, you know, when we get healthy, when we get, you know, there's that's part of an NBA season. And, you know, and I'm not, you know, however I sound, I'm not like, I would have liked to play better. But, you know, we've got a team that's um, capable, and I believe in them, which is part of the reason, that, you know, that there's frustration from all of us, that those things can, we can allow some of those things to happen. And, uh, you know, as I said, the best version of ourselves at the end of the year, it's not that the regular season doesn't matter, but these types of games, you know, need to make us better. And that, that's, it's really what you do with it. You know, so what we do with this one is learn from it and, you know, learn from the fact that we're down 20 and we battle back. I mean, it, it, you got to take the good with the bad, you know, so it's not all bad, you know, a lot of good. But the thing about there's certain things you can control. Yeah. You know, those are that, that that's where we want to put our focus, you know, so. What else? Seeing more of my players, but you feel like there's buy-in from everyone on the roster. Yeah, you know, we like that's a we can go down that like road. You know, like have I lost the team? Yeah, I mean, you know, what is buy-in? You know, like yeah, it's total buy-in. You know, guys want to be good. You know, and some of it is. You know, there's an expectation when guys come back, you know, that, you know, you're just going to kind of keep doing what you, you know, it's a different year. You know, it's, so you got to work. But as far as buying goes, like, no, you just, you know, focus, you know, putting importance on certain things. Like, you know, that that's that, that's not, not necessarily buy-in. I don't think anybody will kind of, you know, you'll go talk to those guys. No one's, we're on the same page, you know, and you want to do it. And I, I, I mean, for that matter, like, those are things we've done, you know, of 
you know, I don't know, of late. And we've been down guys, you know, I mean, you could write the story that Donovan and Rudy are at, you know, like that actually matters. But, you know, it doesn't matter right now because we want to win. There's things that we can do to win that, that we didn't do. You know, we did them and then we did do them. So just do them more. Keep working. You know, like I said, you know, the sky's not falling. But that doesn't mean that we're accepting something either. I don't think that's... Am I making any sense? Okay. There is uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His entire uh, post-game media availability, Ben, and uh, like like we said going in, it was all really good, interesting stuff. And he had a different tone last night. Um, I don't know where do you where do you want to start with that? Do you want to dissect it on the other side? Yeah, let's do that. We're going to have some tickets to give away today uh, as well, by the way, Jake. And we do have to dive into this uh, Donovan stuff that's most recently circulating amongst the Twitter sphere. So we will get into all of it coming up. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Should we uh, should we give away some tickets? Should we, should we improve somebody's day? Yeah. Uh, color 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. We've got a pair of tickets for you to go to the Jazz and the Nuggets on February 2nd. Be Color 12. And you and a uh, friend, loved one, child, spouse. Whatever you want. Going to Stranger. 855-340-ZONE. Take for Rando. Take him to the jazz game. Make a friend. <laughs> you do that a lot? It's 2022. No, I'm done with randos. You've had your fill? Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's your thing. If you want to pick up a random pick stranger. Pick me up. And, I'll be your rando. The game, I'll be the random person. That Come is, take me. <laughs> that I'm is. Enjoyable. Your prerogative. Um, ben, listening to that uh, that. Uh, uh, post-game press conference was uh, actually helpful for me to, to hear that again. Yep. And that that was a coach who's frustrated that he's not being listened to. 100%. He's telling his team, he said it's a game plan issue and it's an execution issue. Quinn Snyder's not forgetting to tell them to guard <laughs> Devin Booker, where to pick him up. You know, I mean, Quinn Snyder's one of the most detail-oriented yeah. coaches in the NBA, Probably painfully so to some of his uh, players, but yeah, it'd be, it's not like they're leaving that that leaf unturned. He's telling them exactly what he feels like they need to do against Devin Booker, and then he's not seeing the execution on the floor, which I'm sure is part of his causing the frustration. Now, he doesn't throw guys under the bus, and he wasn't doing that. He doesn't pick out any player specifically, but he's saying they, they need to listen. If they want to have the success that they talk about wanting to have, if they're serious about it, they've got to do the things he asks, and it doesn't seem like they are. Now, that might come down to a talent issue. If I ask Shaq to start hitting threes and he can't hit threes, that's a that's a me problem. So you might just not have the pieces to guard Devin Booker the way you want to guard Devin Booker, even if you're telling him how to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I know people have been kind of making fun of this online a little bit, but it's it's really true. The Jazz always the the players that is always say the right things after the game. We know what we need to do. We just need to do it. Focus. How many times have I heard the word focus in the last oh. month? I mean, it's, you know. So we have our little translation program that I record the jazz post game things yeah. in, and it kind of gives me a loose translation of what the players have said. If I were to just search in that, lock in, 
It, we just need to lock in. We just, I mean, it's been a hundred times. It's falling on least, deaf ears at this point. It's falling on least. deaf ears. It's just got to show so, up or it's not going to. Uh, again, we, we've talked about this before, but uh, Coach Lacombe talks about uh, how Rick Majerus didn't like the whole my bad thing. Correct. You know, because, yeah, we saw you throw that pass into the third row. We know it's your bad. Yeah. Stop saying my bad. Notoriously yeah. didn't love a help defender. Yeah. Why do you need help? <laughs> but it, it's true. I mean, at some point, you can't say my bad anymore. Yeah. And it's either do it or don't. Uh, they obviously think they're capable of it. I mean, the players aren't going to come out and say, you know what? That that Ben Anderson's right. This is a flawed team. One of us has got to go. You're never going to hear that. But right. they know what the problem is. Sure. Now, what the solution is is a different question, and that's where we're getting into uh, where you're at there. But you're not going to hear that from Coach or any of the players. No, he's not going to say we need to make a trade to get better defensive players. Now, I do happen to think that that is one of the major problems. The Jazz don't have talented enough defensive players on the perimeter like a Mikhail Bridges. And look, you can't just go trade for Mikhail Bridges. They hit a home run on a draft pick. The Phoenix Suns did. They got a guy on draft night in a trade with Philadelphia who's a star, who's an all-defensive first-team member. They, that's going to really benefit them. Chris Paul is an immaculate, incredible defensive player. That helps. You know, you get guys who buy in and play the right way. It's really going to make you a better team. And that's one of the things that the Suns have done so well. And it's why they're, you know, a true championship contender and made the finals last year. But uh, my question and what, what I'm curious about with the Jazz is, you know, I asked Quinn Snyder. There's, there's one of two directions the teams go when you've lost two of nine. You either... You're, you're always frustrated. What do you do with that frustration? Do you bounce back? Do you answer the bell? Do you come back and fight and improve and learn from your mistakes and learn from the adversity? Or do you not and you just continue to, to squander this opportunity that the Jazz have with all this talent on their team? And he cut me off, and that was the second question he answered. And he said, we're going one direction, and it's not down. Like, he's convinced Jordan Clarkson last week did kind of the infamous, like, moving his hands up and down, saying, like, everyone's up and down about this team, and we're chill. Like, the team continues to say... Everyone's bought in. Everyone's going in the right direction. They're going to answer this adversity. They're going to learn from these issues, and they're going to fix it on the court. Of course, what else are they going to say? But now we've heard, we've heard that argument. We've heard that side of it. The question does actually become, when you get Donovan back, which I suspect will be tomorrow night, and if not, it'll probably be Sunday night when you're playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they want to have him back in the next couple of days. Whenever you get Rudy Gobert back, whether that's you know this weekend, next week, whatever, before the All-Star break, however you do it, are you actually going to see the Jazz learn the lessons from this adversity they're having to face right now? Are they going to be sharper? Are they going to be playing better because of these issues that they're facing? Well, Quinn Snyder is tired of talking about it. 100%. <laughs> He's tired of of selling that message because it's either falling on definite ears or being ignored or whatever. And your example with uh, Devin Booker in his first quarter, which obviously irritated Coach, because they game plan right and they knew what to do and the takeaway is right hand, right hand, make them go left, and they didn't do it, which is, well, you know, maybe we've all been there in some way, shape, or form where we knew we know what we got to do and we just don't do it. But like if if Scott Gerard, my boss, comes to me and says, Ben, I need you to make sure you tweet out before every show that the Jake and Ben show starts at ten o'clock. That's your job. Your job is to tweet out every day at 10 o'clock, Jake and Ben show starting right now. Here's what we're talking about in the first segment. And he asked me every day to do it, five minutes before the show, and I neglect to do it over and over, over. There's a problem. There's a disconnect there. Either I won't do it, and there's a problem because I'm not listening to Scotty, 
or I can't do it for whatever reason. And you've got to figure out what the problem is. Are they choosing not to do it or are they incapable of doing it? And I do think that is the hard part about where you are right now with two weeks to the trade deadline today, two weeks to the trade deadline today. You've got to figure out which one it is. Well, they are capable of doing it because the Suns scored 11 points in 100%, the second quarter. So 100%. It, but, and here's the thing, and this, I felt, I, I didn't feel bad about saying this because it's a, an opinion I have, but it felt highly critical at a time when maybe there wasn't enough data or evidence to say that this was true. But I've said this about the Jazz. Nobody loves easy better than the Utah Jazz. They love it when it's easy. They love it when the shots are falling. They love it when the opposing team gives up. They love an easy game. They look great. They They play loose. They play incredibly well. They're having fun. They're throwing lobs. They're dunking on people. They're running up and down the floor. When it's easy, they look great. There has not been a lot that has looked like they have the toughness or whatever, the fight in them, to combat things when they're difficult right now. Because even Mike Conley said last night, and I, I gave them an out in a question. I asked a bad question last night to Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. I said, it's obvious why you're losing games. You guys have had a different starting lineup every night over the last three weeks. Like, and he cut me off, and he said... We won games last year without these players. They won games over the last 16 games of the season when they didn't have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley on the floor. They still found ways to win games last year and protect the number one seed. And they're not even winning those games right now. So it, they don't think it's the players on the floor. That, I mean, you know, that, that they are obviously frustrated that they are not answering the bell the way that they've said they're committed to doing. You got cut off a few times last night. They're frustrated. <laughs> they're mad. Maybe I'm asking long-winded maybe questions. Maybe it's personal. Maybe 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 I'm just asking. Maybe I'm bad at my job. I don't think that's it. Eh, Phoenix Suns fans think I'm bad but, at my job. Well, <laughs> it's a different animal. Yeah, it's a it's a really bright fan base. Those Suns fans. Tough, but regardless, you know there was there's a lot of soul searching going on with this Utah Jazz team. The problem is. When you soul search for 20 games, <laughs> like, you, you have to find something. If you're not finding anything, then there's nothing there to find. Like, if you're continuing to soul search about how to play defense, about whether or not you're going to buy in, because you're right, they can do it. They can hold a team to 11 points in a quarter. Pretty amazing. But if you don't do it every night, who cares? If you don't do it every quarter, who cares? If you're going to go down 20 before you start playing hard, who cares that you can do it? So I'm. Th- remember when uh, Darren Williams yelled at Zippy? Are you the new Zippy? No, they, they they're nice to me. Maybe they're just too nice. Maybe they're just nice to well, me. Well, Darren was nice to Zippy until he walked away. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm. The, you know how many times we played that clip? That was one of the funnier things I think I've seen in my time covering the Jazz. Darren just forgot. Like, oh yeah, I'm in front of people here. I just talked about hating that TV guy. <laughs> No, I think. Uh, uh, no, I don't think you're that. I've got enough I'm equity. Make, I'm making a joke. I'm not around enough anymore because I'm doing the show. There are uh, reports out there about one Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk about that coming up next. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, good news today, Jazz Jake fans. and Ben really uplifter today on the Jake and Ben Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.